You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, we have one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order and check them out on social media if you want to see the Built Bar March Madness brackets going on right now. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, it was an eventful weekend for Chargers fans. We had some news come out that we're going to start the show with today, including news about Trey Turner and Denzel Perryman. But before we get into that, I just want to thank everyone, especially those who are checking out the show for the first time. We really appreciate it. And also a special thank you to all of our loyal fans that are checking back in with us again. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, and it's the easiest way to get this show because of the daily format. But a lot of things we just barely missed on, especially the Trey Turner thing. I think it came out you know, right after we recorded our Friday show, so that was a bummer. But we definitely have to start there because now it's looking like If the Chargers can't trade Trey Turner, they're going to release him, which isn't a huge surprise, but still something that's definitely worth talking about. And before we even get into that, we'll have to talk about Denzel Perryman because it has come out from Ian Rappaport that he is going to be testing the free agent waters, and I think that's something that we expected as well. So we'll start there, and then it is also Mock Draft Monday 5.0, so on today's show, what we're going to be doing is something a little bit differently. In the second segment, we're going to talk about trade scenarios in the first round if you were trading back from the 13th overall pick and what we ended up being able to do after we traded down if we thought it was the right decision or not. And then to wrap up the show, since we have done all the first three rounds, the first four picks in the first three rounds, I should say, today we're going to focus on prospects that could be available to the Chargers in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft. So, Let's go ahead and get into it. I want to start here with the Denzel Perryman news just because that is the most recent of the news. And this is something that wasn't necessarily surprising, but Ian Rappaport did report Chargers linebacker Denzel Perryman, a key member of the defense since 2015, plans to test the free agent market per agent Butler. Perryman hasn't ruled out a return to LAC, but he'll explore his options. So David, this isn't necessarily surprising. And I think it's because of a couple of different reasons. We all know the Chargers... Definitely could use some depth at linebacker, but Denzel Perryman was also their best linebacker in 2020. So if he was to come back to the team right now with Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray already in the middle, it's hard to see where he would fit in. And you have to think that he's at least going to attempt to try to find a starting job out there on the open market. Yeah, I imagine that's definitely going to be the plan for Denzel Perriman. When he came in, he was the guy for the Chargers the first couple of years. He was the starter, and then he kind of fell out of favor a little bit with the Chargers bringing in other guys, and then in 2020, he's a rotational guy, although he was very effective. I thought he was uh, a much better in, in coverage. He's still that same enforcer, that same physical presence as, as a linebacker, made some big tackles, some big hits. You love what he brings to the table, but if you're Denzel Perriman, you're going out there and you're, you want to be the number one guy. You want to be the starter. You want to get all the opportunities to go out there and and be the guy, be the number one. I mean, and with the Chargers, we know that that's not going to be the case for him. So go out. Th- he's going to go out there, try to make his money and 
and I'm sure there's like I said on Twitter, I'm sure there's going to be several teams out there that are going to be in line for his services. And again, he's only 28 years old, so he is not old. He's been in the NFL for six years. He's got some good experience, and I would not be surprised if Denzel Perriman is wearing a different uniform next year. And that's really tough because he was their best linebacker. I mean, just for comparison, Pro Football Focus obviously has him graded very highly, and they have you know Kenneth Murray not graded very highly. But I really just like to look at Pro Football Focus for the stats that they have. And according to them, Denzel Perryman had 22 defensive stops last year in 317 snaps. Kenneth Murray had 32 in 959 snaps. And a defensive stop is basically a positively graded tackle, basically. If you're making a tackle 10 yards down the field, that's not going to be a defensive stop. But if you're getting a stop or a tackle near the line of scrimmage, that counts as a stop. So you can obviously tell in that scenario, he was much more productive than Kenneth Murray was. So it is tough, John, to swallow that, you know, the linebacker core, you have guys like Kazir White, who's in a depth role seemingly right now. You have Drew Tranquil and you have Kenneth Murray, but Denzel Perriman played better than all those guys and probably won't get a chance to come back and start. Well, you're also losing possibly your best tackler on defense as well that played last year. I mean, Derwin James is probably a better tackler, probably the best mm-hmm. tackler on the team, but he did, he was injured all year. So those guys that played, you're losing your best tackler in Denzel Perryman. He was able to stuff the run constantly. Nobody else really had that ability. So you're losing that, and you're going to have to replace that somehow, whether it's another free agent signing in the draft. Whatever it is, you're going to have to replace that. But it's there's going to be somebody that's going to sign him. If he doesn't get any starting offers that he likes, I'm sure he'll come back just for the sake of making it easy to work with people you know, living in the same area, you don't have to move the whole family or whatever, trying to adjust to a new scenery. But if he gets what he wants, which I'm pretty sure he doesn't have to get that much money, even if he got like, say, five to six million a year, but he got a starting role, I think he would take that because then he gets to take advantage of his career after missing a lot of time to injury. I think the Chargers will miss him. I mean, I don't think there's many other guys on the team that bring that physicality and is able to really set a tone in that manner. I mean, go watch him blow up Makai Becton, and, and then you'll get some inspiration, and you'll see a little bit about how he plays the linebacker position. He's you know, he's that presence in the middle, and the Chargers really don't have anyone else as of right now that emulates that. Or that tackle against the Chiefs to open up the game just absolutely drives the mm-hmm. guy into the floor. I mean, we have, the only other guy we've seen do that was Derwin James on James Conner. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen Derwin James do that to a couple of different people, but he was a tone setter for the Chargers defense. You have to wonder whether he's the run and cover, you know, linebacker that Brandon Staley has said that he wants, and I think having a new defensive coaching staff might play a factor in this. I don't think he's going to follow the Raiders and Gus Bradley with how much they spent on linebacker in 2020's free agency cycle but I do think that for the Chargers they're going to lose a lot especially when he showed last year he could stay healthy for the most part he did bring that physical presence and he was better in coverage I still don't think he's good at coverage but either way he's a big part of this Chargers defense and he might not be back especially because it's hard to argue paying him you know six or seven million dollars a season to be a backup I just don't see that happening but the other big news that came out over the weekend was a report from Adam Schefter that basically said that the Chargers are going to try and shop Trey Turner after trading for him in 2020. The Chargers are looking to move Trey Turner probably because mostly of his salary cap going into 2021. If they aren't able to trade him, according to Adam Schefter, he will be released. David, this isn't something that's very surprising, but it seems like a pretty easy 
job for the Chargers to get done because it's $11.5 million in salary cap on the 2021 books. If you cut him, you carry zero dead cap, especially in a season where we're going to see a lot of cap casualties. I mean, his stood out at the top of the contract book for the Chargers as the guy coming off of a very injured season, coming off of a subpar season to get the cut, but especially with that kind of savings. Oh, yeah. He fits all the criteria for a guy that you're going to get rid of because it just makes too much sense. And, of course, the Chargers are going to try to get something out of him while they know that there's really no penalty for it. I mean, they, they can get rid of him and they can save all the money. And if they get something for him, that's a bonus. That's just a cherry on top. Now, the likelihood of them getting anything in return with that cap number yeah. for me is probably like 1%. I just... And, and every time I see a post like this, Daniel, I just it kind of just doesn't make sense to me because, of course, if they're just going to wait for this guy to get released, then why would they give up anything in return when they can just get him and sign him for less money? I just I don't never understood this. It just it never really happens. It just seems like it never leads to a trade. Well, the Chargers never really had a lot of leverage to begin with. I do think Trey Turner can be a better player in 2021 than he was in 2020. I could see him having a bounce back season this year. And for the Chargers, now the only real starting lineman that you have under contract in 2021 is Brian Bulaga if you make this move. He played about 40% of the snaps in 2020. It is a risky in that sense, but even if Trey Turner has that bounce back season, it's he would have to have such a 180 to prove that he's worth $11.5 million in cap. I mean, that's just, you know, getting paid as a top three guard in the NFL, a top five guard in the NFL, and it's just hard to imagine him doing that. So I do think it's likely. I do not think they will be able to get anything in a trade for him. And it does suck because I was excited when they ended up signing him. I thought he'd be a good fit, especially for a team that wasn't known for their physicality to get a guy with that kind of mean streak. It didn't work out, and now he sits at the top of, you know, a list of a few guys, including... Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward Jr., Linval Joseph, all guys that would have a pretty minimal dead cap hit if they decided to release them. With the bloodbath that is going to ensue in the NFL in free agency, I mean, anything can happen, but it looks like it's going to start with Trey Turner. But we do have two more segments to get into, and in the next segment, we're going to be getting into our first round mock where we all decide to trade back, and we talk a little bit about what that netted us after trading back in the first round and all the other picks we were able to acquire and how we like that. Before wrapping up the show, getting into selections for the Chargers in the fourth round, getting deeper into this mock draft season, we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. It is the best time of the year to me to bet on sports. We have March Madness coming up. There's going to be basketball on all day, every day. If you guys saw any of the crazy UFC fights over the weekend, they have bets on those as well. The only place that we trust and the only place that has you covered is betonline.ag. They will even give you some free money if you go on their website and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word. You can get a 50% welcome bonus. The time is now, guys. If you guys want to add some juice to the games that you're watching, whatever that game is, you can even bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV, all at betonline.ag. And don't forget, they will give you some free money to bet with. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into Mock Draft Monday 5.0, and on today's show, we're going to start by getting into a segment where we do a first-round mock, but all of us decided to trade back, and if you guys have been doing a lot of mock drafts, you know probably the place you're going to get the most trades is at Pro Football Network. 
Com. We also did some with the Draft Network as well, who has a ton of mocks over there. But for this one, so we would all use the same one, we used Pro Football Network, and we all decided to trade the 13th overall pick and decided to trade back. I don't think any of us want to trade up at this point. But, John, I'll start with you. This is something that I think a lot of Charger fans have kind of bought into as far as the Chargers potentially sliding back in the first round, adding some more picks just because of some of the holes that they have. When you decided to trade back, for the Chargers in the first round, what did you end up getting? Well, I got a trade with the Cardinals where I give up the 13th pick and the 77th pick for pick number 16 and pick number 49, and I used pick 16 to get Elijah Vera Tucker. And then with having 47 and 49, I get Creed Humphrey and Jabril Cox, so I got a lot of more value in the second round than I would have without the trade. Yeah, I mean, I think that I would probably try to wait on Jabril Cox. Linebacker is not the biggest need to me, but I also like him, especially how he would fit with the type of linebackers that the Chargers have right now, I definitely think you would bring some versatility to that position for the Chargers. But, I mean, if you're coming away with three guys that you think could start, I mean, it's hard to say a linebacker would start over Drew Tranquil but or Kenneth Murray, but especially with Kenneth Murray's coverage skills, maybe you want a guy that you can bring in in those sub packages that's a little bit more athletic, that can go cover a little bit better. So I definitely understand that. And I think that, you know, if you're able to slide back and still get a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker guy that we're all bought in on. I know that the hype train going for him, especially amongst Chargers Twitter, has gotten pretty high, especially since some people do consider him a guard. Some people do consider him a tackle. I'm sold on him at tackle. He ended up being my first pick in this mock, too, just because I think he was just so hard to pass up. But I do think there's a lot of value there. Hey, right there, you get an extra second-round pick. In this draft, David, you can get a very quality player with an extra second-round pick, probably a starter with that extra second round pick, how did it end up working out for you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And it's really fun. I really enjoyed this segment. I mean, if you haven't messed around with the draft simulators, guys, I, I definitely suggest it. Go out there and look at some of the trade requests and things that are going to come in during that process. It's a lot of fun to, to get that. But to answer your question, the trade that I did was with the Colts. And uh, they wanted pick 13, so I gave them that. And in return, I got pick 21 and pick 54. So I got a really high second-round pick as well. I also went with Elijah Vera Tucker. Just love the versatility, you know, him being able to play tackle and play guard. Either way, you're getting a guy you're going to be able to plug and play into the offensive line day one. And then in the second round, I got – or excuse me, at pick 54 in the second round, I got Creed Humphrey. So I added another guy – you can plug into the middle of the offensive line and feel pretty good about. So two day one starters with that trade, I think you can take it all, all the way to the bank every single day. Yeah, and I'm pretty upset because our mocks ended up almost the exact same. We did go a little bit differently, but when I did that trade, the Colts swindled me and I had to give up the 239th overall pick. So that's pretty ridiculous that they would do that and give you such a better offer. But it is so tempting, especially in this scenario, because some of the trade mocks that you're going to get are super unrealistic, right? And everything you have to take with a grain of salt, of course. But some of them make a lot more sense than others. For the Colts specifically, who still might not be sure about you know Carson Wentz or might need to protect Carson Wentz after Anthony Costanzo has retired, I think that it is possible they try to get up, especially with a well-built roster, a team that has a lot of salary cap, to go fill other positional needs, I think it could make sense for them to try to trade from 21 up to 13. That's why I went with it. We got the same two guys in the first two rounds. You, know, you get a starting offensive lineman in Elijah Vera Tucker, guy that gives you some versatility to play all along the offensive line and has done it 
And then the second round, I got Asante Samuel Jr. I think corner's a pretty big need for this team. That would make you feel better, especially if you've released Casey Hayward Jr. at that point. And then with my third pick, we got the same 54th overall pick. I ended up going with Landon Dickerson. So another guy that's super versatile. We don't know what positions the Chargers are going to fill in free agency. But we do know that if you have guys that can play offensive line and be starters, bring them in, right? And Landon Dickerson has been raved about as potentially the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. He does have some injury concerns because of his time at Florida State and Alabama, but the upside there is obviously really, really high. So to come away, John, in the first two rounds with probably a starting corner and two starting offensive linemen, I mean, I think everyone would probably say yes to that. Just getting to starting offensive linemen, regardless of the other position, is really what you say yes to, <laughs> especially if these guys are your future as well, not just a couple of years and then injury happens. If these guys are your future and they're there for at least eight years, that's a money draft that's worth the trade. Elijah Vera Tucker seems to always be what the Chargers should go for. He seems to be the later round offensive lineman pick, so trading back and getting extra picks just seems like an obvious move for the Chargers to and get. still getting again, him, yeah. Yeah, and then, but then again, we're not sitting there knowing all what other teams might do as well because somebody might be secretly wanting an offensive lineman. Then when you trade back, thinking it's an obvious pick and someone that you think is going QB or a safety or whatever goes Vera Tucker just because they thought it was a good value pick and now you just wasted your opportunity of getting a really good offensive lineman. You know, it's... It seems well, obvious, another but it's thing probably is too not. is there's still some other guys there, right? I mean, you still could go Sam Cosme, right? You could still get someone Dylan like Randall. Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. Like there would still be some options there, probably. Yeah, but nothing like those guys. After that, you start you no. start to like have a, you start to have a fall. After Vera Tucker, it starts to fall like Cosme. I agree. And those guys, it, it starts to become a fall off. Now you're like settling for like, well, sure. I guess this guy's here. I'll take him, but. At, Vera Tucker and above, I guess you should say, the Darisaws and all those guys. Even on my pick, somehow Rayshon Slater was still available at 16, which I'm, I don't even see him getting past pick number 10. So I was like, I could pick him right now, but then it wouldn't make sense on the podcast. It'd be like picking the number one overall ranked guy at, t- at 12 because he happened to fall in this mock draft right. simulator. I picked but Chase Young it, with the 13th overall pick. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like that, That's what I felt like with that pick. But he was he was available. Could you imagine me getting Rayshon Slater while after trading back? That'd be like a miracle. I'd be throwing James all over again. Oh, but adding sure. three potentially impact guys in the in two rounds, man, that would be incredible. Well, yeah. maybe working magic, you could add four. If you got to really well, work yeah. it out, maybe <laughs> maybe trade maybe trade uh, again. Both you <laughs> trade both your David, third round picks to get back up in the second round. 77 well, I know David. I know David was saying that ever, after you traded back the first time, you kept getting more and more offers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are so many opportunities to trade multiple times. So I was yeah. like, man, if I do that, I mean, it's going to get too convoluted, and we're going to just keep talking about this for the entire show, and we can't do that. We got a schedule to keep. <laughs> I traded. I traded the 13th pick for the 16th for the 27th, and the next thing you know, and then I traded that one for the 239th, and yep. I had no first or second or third round picks. <laughs> Yeah, I actually didn't pick until pick number 65, but then I had also 22 draft picks. So from the third round on, I did re- you know really good. Second, Middle second round on, no. But if you go Pro Football Network, you're going to have options at every pick. You could just keep continuing to trade down for eternity. But that isn't the only thing we need to cover on this Mock Draft Monday because we also want to get into some prospects 
for the Chargers in the fourth round that could be available when they get to pick. So we're going to get into those guys that we looked at coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, it's Built Bar Madness right now. The brackets of all of the different Built Bars are battling it out right now on all of Built Bar's social media. If you want to look at today's matchup, it's Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff. I think that one's going to be pretty close. And then Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. First of all, of all the bars, Peanut Butter Brownie has to get a first round buy here. I mean, I don't even understand why they're having to play this game to potentially get upset. I know that some people like Raspberry. Peanut Butter Brownie, if they don't win in this first round matchup, I'll be pretty upset. And then tomorrow, if Banana Nut Bread and Peanut Butter don't win, I'll also be very, very upset. So make sure you guys go and make sure that doesn't happen because that would just be brutal if it did. But right now, guys, it's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. Remember, if you use the promo code LOCKEDON20, you can get 20% off your next order during this Built Bar Madness. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar out of all of the best-tasting protein bars on the planet. All right, guys, well, it's time to continue our Mock Draft Monday 5.0. And let me just start by saying that it's been really fun doing all of this with you guys, and we plan on having some draft prospects come on the show. We already have a few guys that have reached out or we've reached out to that we're going to have on probably once free agency settles down a little bit. And the other thing I want to say here too is we're not draft experts, right? I mean, I know everyone wants to be a draft expert this time of year. And I, I think that we all put in the time to try to get the best feeling of these guys as we can. Also, finding all 22 college film for every guy you want to look at is pretty much impossible, right? So anyone that tells you they're getting all of that stuff all the time, Probably not true, but I only say this just because, hey, we're going to talk about some guys and what we like from their games, maybe some stuff that we don't like from their games, but we're also not trying to pretend to be draft experts as well. And at this point, especially for the fourth round and on, who is going to be available is going to shift majorly depending on where you look. So we went through a few different mocks and a few different mock draft simulators to give us an idea of who could be available in the fourth round. So David, when you're looking at who the Chargers could pick with either the 118th pick, whether you're going through, you know, the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator or NFL.com or the 119th pick where I've seen them some places, that seems to be uncertain as well. Who are some of the guys that you saw in the fourth round? Yeah, in the fourth round, I was looking at guys who could potentially come in and, and add to the rotation on the defensive line. I wanted to get younger. I wanted to get guys that could uh, definitely bring a presence, but also have some pass rush ability as well. And guys that you could kind of mold a little bit. You know, a little bit of a project here in the fourth round, I think, is appropriate. But for that, I went with Texas A&M defensive tackle Bobby Brown. This guy is a load. Six foot four, 325 pounds. He was a first-team All-SEC uh, selection this year by the coaches and by the Associated Press. Uh, by all accounts, he had a very impressive season. He had 22 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, and 5.5 and sacks, which actually led his team. He led his team as a defensive tackle in sacks, which is pretty uh, fantastic. Obviously, for a guy of this size, you would expect him to have pretty massive strength, and he does. He has incredible functional strength. It definitely pops up against the run. He's good at defeating double teams and splitting them and getting to the getting the ball carrier on the ground. If he hits you, you're going down. Like I said, this is a massive guy. He has a great motor. Uh, I mean, and uh, he's a pretty decent pass rusher in the middle of the de- defensive line. The one thing he needs to work on is you know sometimes he gets a little bit lazy uh, in his pass rush attempts. I think he needs to add to his pass rush uh, move set. 
I think you know he relies too much on the power, and he doesn't really have anything else. So I think getting together with guys like Joey Bosa and Linval Joseph, who has a lot of experience, guys who are really good with their hands, is only going to help mold this guy because he has a lot of good physical gifts to utilize that he a lot of good physical gifts to work with, and I think the guys around him could definitely make him even better. Yeah, and, and Giff Smith and Brandon Staley, who works you know, with outside linebackers who like to do pass rushing things. I mean, I think with a lot of defensive tackles in college, you're not going to see a very diverse pass rush set, right? You're not going to see multiple moves from every guy, and you're not going to see, if you get stuffed on that first attempt, that you have a backup plan in that situation. But going with an upside pick at a position of need, I definitely understand that. John, when you looked at the Chargers' fourth-round pick, who was the guy that stood out to you? Well, I kind of went at this with a different approach than you guys. To me, I canceled out the first three picks, like just regardless of what happens, what would be some options the Chargers have. Sure. No, that's kind of, that's totally cool. That's kind of yeah. what I did, too. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to do like, well, I picked two offensive linemen in a corner, so obviously I don't have to worry about those in this right. round. It was more of, let's see what could be there in case the Chargers don't pick two for offensive linemen, for example. So there was guys like Patrick Jones the second and Ed Rusher out of Pittsburgh, Tariq yep. Thompson, the safety from San Diego State, and then Darius Stills. We talked about him on this show before, too. The Chargers, Chargers have met up him. with him, yeah. Yeah, and then there's been a lot of talks from Charger fans that they would like to see a wide receiver. So if that was to happen because Mike Williams leaves, there's Tylen Wallace and Demetri Felton. But a guy I'd like to highlight for if, say, the Chargers don't get a second offensive lineman and it's just they only have one offensive lineman at this time would be David Moore, an inside offensive lineman, basically a guard, from Grambling, who uh, is pretty big. He's not tall by any means. He's like six foot one. Some places have him at 5'10", which is weird. He's Thick as like that. hell, dude. That guy, I three, saw him at the, but, at the Senior Bowl. Oh, my God. But with his, despite that small height, he's still 320 pounds. And this guy has some power. He's one of those guys that engages and lands the punch. He's one of those type of guys. So I'd, I would say really good run blockers, but you would probably get out of this. It's a gamble because it's the fourth round. But it's a guy you could take a risk on. He's also been training with Bruce Matthews, the former Oilers offensive lineman. So he's getting Hall of Fame work in, basically. He's getting Hall of Fame knowledge and Hall of Fame training from a guy like that. But I think that would be a great gamble if the Chargers haven't gotten two offensive linemen, or even if they have and they want to go for a third one. I think that's a good gamble. Yeah, I like that a lot. He was another guy that stood out to me at the Senior Bowl. And the fourth round is like the Senior Bowl round, right? I mean... A few guys were available that I got to see at the Senior Bowl. One of them is Benjamin St. Juiced. I had a couple of options to pick him up, a cornerback out of Minnesota with that fourth-round pick. There's also, if you want to go purely upside, you go with somebody like Hamakar Rashid Jr. out of Oregon State, who is an interesting story because he absolutely went off in 2019, 22 and a half tackles for loss, 14 sacks, and then obviously in much less games in 2020, because of the COVID-19, he ends up getting zero sacks, two tackles for loss in seven games. So it was just a completely different player. They had him playing off-ball linebacker at some points. But if you want to just take a shot in the dark for a guy that you've seen do it at a high level and you want to take a chance at it, maybe he's the guy or you go Patrick Jones or something like that. I even had Elijah Moore, the wide receiver, from Ole Miss fall to me in the fourth round in certain mocks. You just don't know what you're going to get in these, but I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I mean, I think that guy's just a 
cheaper version than some of the guys that are going to go ahead of him pretty good route runner definitely a yards after the catch monster no matter where you look at this guy I mean he was performing outside of the time when he cost his team the game by pretending to pee on a fire hydrant like a dog Um, (laughs) that was pretty bad but I, I think there will be some talent available and I think when you're getting to the fourth round obviously you want to still address needs but at the same time you want to take the best player available too. And I think that's especially for the Chargers where we've seen some really off the wall picks from them. None of us saw Drew Tranquil coming. None of us saw Rayshon Jenkins coming at that time. I mean, or them picking two wide receivers back to back last year. Or yeah. in the fifth and seventh round getting those two wide receivers. So I do think this is a part of the draft where there will be some very talented wide receivers. As John said, you know, Tylen Wallace is another guy. That could be available there. That would be interesting. Cam Sample, one of the defensive MVPs from the Senior Bowl week. And I think going back to what John said about David Moore, I mean, that's a guy that with one week of coaching with, you know, an NFL coaching staff showed up that well, right? And was performing well against, you know, some of the better players in the country defensively. So a lot of options there. Maybe, you you know, a guy like Quinn Maynard falls to you and you get another interior offensive lineman for depth. Maybe you get a guy like Robert Hainsey, who is another guy that played well at the Senior Bowl. So many good options available in the fourth round, David. I just think that you will have a chance to add somebody. Maybe they're not a starter, but have starter capabilities down the road or maybe earlier on than you would see in potentially some other drafts. But we all want Tariq Thompson. (laughs) I mean, I do think safety is a bigger need than everyone talks about. I think he would be a special team stud off the bat, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that will come in right away and help your special teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if they look at this draft late as the draft goes on and gets later on about addressing guys that can come in that will be more of a special teams guy than anyone else. I mean, with the how bad the special teams was last year, they know it's something they need to address. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had that in mind when they were taking those picks but when you get into the fourth round and later you got guys that you know you are going to be contributors and this is kind of how your team is built I mean in the NFL you need guys that are going to be able to contribute and do multiple things and you're going to build that depth in in these middle rounds so that's kind of what you're looking for you want guys who obviously can come in and help you but understand that you know I think when you get to this level there's going to be more and more projects Yeah, and I mean, another guy that was available that I like, the Chargers ignore edge rusher earlier on the draft. You could go with Peyton Turner from Houston. That's another guy I've seen a lot of good things Yeah, I love that guy, man. Yeah, I mean, that's a guy that I would definitely take a chance on there. But going to that point, I mean, this is where the Chargers need to fill out their team, and this is where they have struggled the most during Tom Telesco's tenure. I mean, being able to get starters out of fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. I mean, there's not very many that you can look at and say, I mean, Rayshon Jenkins started as a fourth round pick. Desmond King was an exception as a fifth round pick. But for the most part, I mean, Sam Tevy took a long time to come along. We saw one, you know, maybe okay season from him. These aren't guys that you're like, oh my God, how was that guy a fifth round pick? Like you just haven't seen that since, you know, Jatavis Brown, Desmond King. They have to hit on those picks more successfully starting with this year because that's how you build teams in the NFL. That's how you build complete rosters. And we need Tom Telesco to get a lot better at it. And it'll be interesting to see what the Brandon Staley effect has on this draft and what type of players they end up picking. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. It is going to be a very free agent heavy week. 
And it's also going to be a, a kind of a tough week for us because I'm going to be on vacation. So I'm going to be recording some shows remotely. We're going to try to get you guys a show out every day as we always do. But if we can't, that is the reason. Obviously, we all need time off too. And we all work, you know, full-time jobs outside of this. Um, but I'm going to do my best to record podcasts from Hawaii. <laughs> so we will see how that goes. But on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about some positional needs for the Chargers in free agency and some potential fits that we could see coming up here very soon. So a lot of guys to talk about this week and have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure we'll see a lot of rumors start to come out as well. So that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page Lockdown Chargers and give us a follow on our new Instagram page at Lockdown Chargers. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there and make sure to rate and review. We would really appreciate it. If you guys want to get into the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924. If you want to tell us who your favorite free agent fits are for the Chargers, we can get into that, but that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you tomorrow with some free agency talk, but until then, take it easy and go Bolts.